On today's episode of Down the Wire, Joe Pohorilis joins us for the 2022 NFL Draft. Draft. It's a mock draft. I almost said redraft, but it's a draft. The 2022 Draft NBA Playoffs Overview, Bucks in five. Count it right here, ladies and gentlemen. It all happens today on Down the Wire. My name is Tom, my brother Dave. Joined with us today, Mr. Joe Pohorilis, now in sole possession of third most appearances on Down the Wire with three, right? I think this is the third not, time. Not you're on. third, most appearances. Well, I count me and you because you haven't oh, been on every episode. So I see what you're saying. Yeah, I'm in first place. I haven't missed an episode. You've missed one. Such is life, that, man. Do you guys really count, though? I don't know if that's... That doesn't seem fair. I, I feel like. Um, I think I it counts because we haven't been to the same amount of episodes. If me and Dave were on every episode every time, yeah, I think it matters. Like, it doesn't matter as much. Oh, so, so it's Dave's fault then. Right. Well, if he's, were, only yeah. he's only counting this because that means he's in first place. I am in first place. Soul possession, baby. Uh, that's, how, that's how we roll. I'm sorry. It's just how. I, if I was lying, I wouldn't. I. I wouldn't be saying it. You know what I mean? Because I don't lie. Uh, let's go right here. Uh, Joe, what's been going on, man? How how you been? I haven't talked to you in a little bit. We've been texting here and there. But how's life, dude? How's Boston wrapping up? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's. I think. Uh, I mean, I'll be here till till the end of June um, with work. But a lot of my friends, this is like the last you know week or two of classes, and then exams are coming up soon. And then got a good amount of friends graduating. Uh, in the middle of May and, you know, towards the end of May. So uh, really just, you know, wrapping up and being hanging out with people one last time and just, you know, plugging away, plugging away at the job. And yeah, pretty much all I'm up to. Yeah. Keeping busy, keeping busy. Fair enough. That's kind of all we've been on too. We uh, just got a new job. Dave just got promoted at work too. Uh, just been working away, trying to grind it out. We got a big episode planned for today. A lot of cool shit going on. Uh, I just wanted to open it up with a soft topic, I guess, real quick here. We've been waiting on uh, – it's fitting because, Joe, I guess we haven't had your opinion on them yet live on the pod. Uh, as everyone knows, you are a Washington sports guy. DC's Cherry Blossom City Connect jerseys. Uh, where, where, do we, where do we stand on those? Oh, wow. He's got the, got the hat there too. Dave does. Dave, oh, you oh, bet Dave's your ass <laughs> I bought this hat. Yeah, I'm uh I'm a I'm a really big fan of them. I think uh I don't think it's the I still think uh the White Sox City Connect jerseys are those are my personal favorites still, but um I think I know from the Wizards side of things uh you know Wizards fans have wanted Cherry Blossom, you know, something incorporated with that uniform for a while and they actually did get one. Uh, that'll be the next year's, you know, City Edition or whatever the NBA calls it. And uh but the fact that the Nats hopped on too, that was a little bit surprising, but a but a pleasant one because I think it came together really well. And it's like not 
too over the top, but it's got like it's very subtle accent. I really uh yeah, I think they I think they did a great job with it. I have not gotten any of that gear though yet. So I'm I'm surprised out of the three of us, Dave's the one with with any cherry blossom. You hear that? I'm a true Nationals fan. I'm the biggest <laughs> Nationals fan out of anyone on this podcast right now. Well, Just the Royals saying. The Royals just dropped their new ones. Uh, we are big fans of Houston's oh, as well. Yeah, look up those new ones. I think yeah. they're third by default. Me and Dave had a small discussion about them already. Yeah. But I think these City Connect jerseys have been nothing but W's for the MLB since they've been dropping them. I, I, I think it looks clean. The color's really cool. The logo's changed up a little bit differently. Kind of gives you that old Toronto kind of font look to it. Um. I, I'm a big fan of the jerseys, and I'm really excited for Milwaukee, but I'm also now nervous yes. because usually there's going to be one that sucks. Dude, Milwaukee's going to fuck this up, dude. They're going to fuck it up so hard. We haven't found a one that sucks yet, no. so I'm, I'm scared. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't love these just looking at them the first time. I think it's – I don't know. Is there something with the logo? I don't know. Like, is there any – Yeah, it's there? the logo. It just looks uh, – If you – the logo is different and it's um it's honestly the logo is the best part. Uh, I know that's not saying all that much when it comes to uh these things. It looks but weird on the hat though. I mean, I guess you know the hat kind of makes it look, it up it look too, like but the Houston I don't... Rockets a little Here. bit. You uh, see that? I know that's not the cleanest of pictures because I'm showing do it. You, through. Do you get the Houston Rockets vibes? Like what's going all the way down with the K there? Oh, kind of. Yeah, it's yeah, it's drippy. Bit. And I like the uh, I like the powder blue bands on the arms too. That's like kind of yeah, nice. Yeah, I like those. It's again, it's not crazy good, but it's definitely not a I bad city connect. Also, posing with the blue bat is cheating a little bit because you could never use a blue bat in a game. But the yeah, blue the bat does does definitely accent them very well. Yeah, I will. I will. Apply I mean, that. wear it to a gender reveal party. I don't know about. Ooh, you know, I don't know about yeah. MLB baseball game. There, you, there it is, right there. I yeah. I just hope the Brewers incorporate like beer or something at least. If no, gonna it's gonna be it. like it's gonna be like mm. Tom Barrett on it's there. It's gonna be. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's gonna just be Lake <laughs> Michigan with garbage floating across the middle <laughs> of it. <laughs> That's, no, that we're actually, gonna. Not, we're gonna like represent how we're the most segregated city in in America. Oh, <laughs> oh no, that's a good Although, segue. Not <laughs> unless you had to add wait, on you... to something. <laughs> wait, wait. To segue get to off what? this <laughs> off this topic, anywhere away from it. <laughs> I was just gonna say. Oh, you have something that, to um, add to that, Joe? No, with the beer, with the beer, with the oh, okay. th that idea. I think if uh, sort of like what the Nats do with the cherry blossoms, I think if it was like a beer and it's like got the foam, like the suds, and it's like accenting the like any of the letters with the brewer, I think that would be a pretty cool look. Or it, like, it is so like, like one what if R in Brewers? What if the R in Brewers was a tap pouring beer out from the bottom of the R? Oh, a tap, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it like sort of floods, you know, you know, wash like, underneath to cross you know, underneath the whole thing. You know okay. that means yeah. that's not what it's going to be, right? I know. They're gonna fuck this up, the, dude. It, I, it's gonna be okay. So how bad. about like go in a realistic direction? I'm gonna say it's gonna have to do something with hunting season. No. All right, relax. <laughs> They're not gonna wear hunter orange. 
on top of it. What no, they we're, should we're gonna, do, it's going to be should, like sponsored by Realtree or some shit like that. They should they should just go and adopt a Bucks jersey as a baseball jersey, like the old purples. Dude, really, they Ooh. should do that with Packers. If they get some green and gold, dog, it's done. It's it would done be pretty for. sick. Like just do a different team to make the jerseys like they you always know what? do. Even some Badgers could get down that with that. Could really get down with different. that. I could get down with that. Should we get into some NBA basketball? There's there's kind of a big thing going on. We got breaking news here, too, with uh, the Brooklyn Nets officially eliminated from the NBA playoffs. Crumbum scumbum, dude. Swept by Boston. And I guess that'll lead into maybe let's talk this about with our first topic of the day. KD is the dumbest superstar of all time. Is that is that going to be fair to say after this for leaving Golden State and what he had going on over there to try to be his own guy or he doesn't give a shit? Uh, I, I wouldn't say he's like the dumbest. I, I think uh, I think it probably it's more to do with like building his own narrative because like we've seen the past several years just how sensitive he is and how he's super active online and once his burner got revealed he's just like all right you know fuck it i'm just gonna say whatever i want and doesn't matter what anyone else says and so i think like yeah he got the two championships so at the end of the day you know when looking at his resume oh he's won two titles finals mvp you know he's got that locked down but i think now if you're him it's like all right i've accomplished everything with golden state i'm still not even viewed as you know as highly as like steph and clay there just in terms of you know long term and being there uh for all the titles they've had but uh, for him to, you know, go out and try to be the guy somewhere else with, I mean, bring Kyrie, obviously, did he, yeah, he left before the pandemic. So like the whole vaccine, like no one would have predicted the whole vaccine thing with Kyrie and how that would have impacted the team. And then James Harden comes in and hops out and it's just been a complete mess. And yeah, so I don't know if, I don't think it was a bad idea in hindsight, maybe, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't fault him for trying to go out and go to a Nets team that, you know on paper looked really good until, you know, everything else that you couldn't predict fell apart. I mean, really the, the biggest thing that you could say is, was the dumbest uh, move or whatever is getting rid of Harden. The minute they got rid of Harden, that team was not viable for anything anymore. And I know we kind of talked about it and yeah, I may have said that uh, these role players that were going to come in, were going to do big stuff. And I was just dead wrong, but you know, that was, wishful thinking at that point, really. I, I mean, getting rid of Harden was the biggest, the worst move they, they could have done outside of, you know, getting rid of Durant, really. Um, because I, I personally, Durant and Harden are probably more potent than uh, Kyrie and Harden, or um, Kyrie and Durant, right? I personally, what I, what I think from the whole situation is Kevin Durant's legacy is fading by the day. Uh, I, I think when it comes down to it, talent-wise, he's going to be looked at as a top 10 player of all time. He's a freak. I mean, if he was playing in the 70s, they would have kicked him out of the league. Like, they were not going to let that shit fly. There's no way he could be doing what he's doing. But hear me out. I thought we were done with the segregation talk. I thought we were trying to steer away from that. <laughs> hear me out. What are if, we doing? <laughs> if if Giannis were to win another ring, does he not pass Kevin Durant? 
He's got two MVPs. Uh, he would have two finals. Defensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year candidate every year. He's got a couple of the awards. One of most improved. Not to mention I mean, the team. The team is definitely worse than Durant's teams. Uh, is it? Like, yeah, I just think the Bucks are looked at a little bit disrespectfully across the league, but that's sure here nor there. But that's I, more I'm talking just saying, about that, those Golden State teams and how ridiculously stacked right, they were. Those teams were stacked when he won it. But KD did win the finals MVP both times, so that does help him in his case there. I'm just saying I would have never thought Giannis had the potential to reach Kevin Durant's stardom or level, I guess. and. I mean, it's becoming more and more likely by the well, day. Certainly, certainly not when he was first drafted, when they first sent, right, uh, sent his guess. name of Adel Rambo or whatever the fuck they did. Uh, but, I mean, at this point, really, I, I probably could have said two years ago that Giannis has that potential to surpass, yeah, to potentially be a top three player of all time. We'll he's see. got what, like ten years left, like in terms of his whole career, at least. Like, I mean, he's twenty-five. Actually, with his, yeah, he's such an athletic size, guy, yeah. and he does a lot of crazy shit. You never know. So. I'm not saying he's gonna be doing, you know, at 37 what he's doing now, but like, I feel like he'll be able to stick around in the league at least that long and be as productive as Manu Ginobili. You know what I mean? Just yeah. like a guy that everyone loves because he's been on the team forever and had he, a couple he's already of good the, games. He's already the Bucks' all-time leading scorer. Like, pfft. he's the best Buck of all time, a hundred percent. He has to be. He, he's a hundred percent the best Buck of all time. Let's get into the Bucks right here. Then why not? We're already talking about him. Uh, Chicago. You you thought? I'm so glad that there was two games after Game Two, just Hold so on. that we could in between the pod, so that we could just talk about it and not have first to things about first. Our reactions about after Game Two. First things first. You put a fucking jinx on Chris Middleton. No. You I son didn't. of a bitch. You did. I did not. I did not. In yes. fact, I only you, you... I only enhanced my take on Chris Middleton. Whoa. Oh, no, 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 no. The question that was posed to me last week, Joe, feel free to chime in as to who you side with, was should we be worried about Chris Middleton? That was the question. And then you changed it to, is Chris Middleton ass? Well, guess what? We should be worried because now the dude is out for two and a, two and a half, three weeks. I am. Um... Yeah, was... Go ahead, Joe. Oh, yeah. We worried about him. I did. I was listening. But do you mean uh, like worried about how he's going to hold up or like injury wise, or just worried about like, no, I, play drop he had, a, he had a rough game one. He had a rough game one. Right. He was getting yeah. hot game two. He was getting hot right before he got hurt. He was, he was on, I'll say that. Um, yes. He was proving you wrong. Wasn't he? Uh, he sure. was proving you wrong. He really wasn't because I say this every time about Chris Middleton. He's going to drop me 15 and then 40 and then nine and then 12 and then 40. He's inconsistent. It's what he does every fucking yeah. time, bro. I, I, I am well aware that Chris Middleton is a very good basketball player. He is a wildly inconsistent number two, a wildly inconsistent number two. Love Chris Middleton. Won a championship because of Chris Middleton. But when it comes to... I need that second guy that day. 
I don't know. Chris Middleton didn't need to be that guy. Grayson Allen going to Chicago and lighting it up. A guy that used to haunt my nightmares as a Wisconsin fan, and now I have to root for him as a Bucks fan. You ridiculous. I it's a storyline in itself because every Bucks fan is feeling that how much they hated him in that Duke final game. And now he's dropping 30 points to win playoff games. Holy shit. I don't think I, I, you know, Dante would have never Dante would have never done anything like this. No. In fact, he would have gotten hurt about halfway through the second quarter. Yeah, exactly. So there's no, I I love what the bucks are doing right now. They're up three, one game is on Wednesday. Does that sound right? Yeah. Wednesday. Why is the net series like already over and all of our games are three game three days spaced out? I don't you know what's the, the scheduling. The schedule NBA scheduling is very weird because here's the thing. Even though round one may not potentially be all the way done, they're still going to start round two if the Bucks win Friday or Saturday. Right. That's weird. Could not even be over. Doesn't make any sense, but I feel good about him. Uh, Goggle Bobby, bifocal Bobby, like amazing to watch, just electric. And uh, DeMar DeRozan, you're a bum if your foot's not on the line. Like, that's all I got. Uh, Also, I feel like we're kind of hogging up our team. So let's turn it over to Joe. Hey, Joe, any update on those Wizards and their playoff chances? Um, you know what they, after, after October, I would have said, you know, oh, they're like 11 and three, I think is what they started as. We might actually, we might actually make it to the second round this year, which would be, you know, <laughs> that'd be the highest ceiling. And then, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I stopped paying attention after the, after the Porzingis trade. It's like, all right, this is just a clusterfuck and they don't really know what they're going to do for the rest of the year. <laughs> would you rather Michael Jordan come back and play or buy the Wizards? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. No. Ooh. Wait, wait. Oh, oh, for him by the wizard. Oh man. He would come back and um, play right now though, at like 60 years old. Uh oh, oh. Or you know what? I think what what's the salary ca- or like what's the captain <laughs> on him? I think that's the, that's gotta be vet minimum. Vet minimum. Vet minimum. Vet minimum. Sign him. Sign yeah, him. Yeah, right well, <laughs> Because think it, Michael Jordan's better than like half the NBA players right now. He's going to do more. Than, he's going to do more than John Wall ever would. Oh, that's because John. Oh, Wall whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and listen to John Wall slander. Hey, he, Tom, he was, give, uh, give, give Joe that that uh, John Wall stat. Do you know that um, since. I want to say it's 2017 since 2017 uh, Dirk Nowitzki has played in more NBA games than John Wall and Dirk retired in 2019 and John Wall signed a Supermax in 2019. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I'm focusing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause he tours Achilles and was out for two plus years and then there was COVID and then, and then he could have played this year with the Rockets, but sat out this whole time. So yeah, all right, that's fine. And the Supermax, you know, say what you want about the contract. At the time, because this was before he hurt himself, if I remember correct. I can't even remember the last time he played. I don't think they would have signed a Wizards hurt, jersey. So that makes sense. Uh, right. So, and, and that's the thing. Like, 
people were criticizing the Davis Bertans uh, signing at the time when we gave him like 16 million a year. Thank God we're out of that contract now. But I think like it's, it's Washington. They're not going to sign any big free agents. And I'm afraid that they're going to do the same thing with Bradley Beal, which I don't think they should, but I think they're going to re-sign Bradley Beal to whatever Supermax, even though he's not worth that money. But who else, who else are they going to get? Mm. Like there's no one, they, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't, I don't know. But John Wall, from 20 what 14 to 2017 2018 for 2013 even you know for for those like five years he was uh consistently one of the top point guards in the east and you know took us as far as he probably could with the team he had around him so i i will he'll always be one of my favorite players and uh it's just unfortunate that it turned out the way it has over the past five years well it's either him or or uh, gilbert arenas so yeah i was no chill, Gil. I, uh, I remember, like, yeah, I remember part of it. It's Walls. You probably remember like him bringing the gun to the facility more than I do remember else. that. Yeah, yeah. So and I, I remember his. <laughs> I do remember his peak, though. I was a little bit young for that, but uh, um, yeah. I mean, so I, I w- when they got the first overall pick in like 2010, I was like nine years old. So like the fact that you know there was a whole buzz around him, and then he came in and was doing the Dougie immediately. I, you know, that was. I still have a John Wall fathead in my childhood bedroom. That's Ooh. on my wall. So John Wall fatheads. He was he was the swag. He was swagged out. He was he he had the most swag in the NBA yeah. at a time at a time, uh, for sure. I got a couple of like newbies to highlight. Jordan Poole, shout out the Wisconsin boy, just balling out right now. Him and Kavon Looney, both Milwaukee guys, starting mm-hmm. for the Golden State Warriors right now. So putting them on the map. Uh, and my new favorite guy to watch, Nashawn Highland, aka oh. Bones Highland, dude, fucking electric man. He is insane. He comes on just to make crazy plays. That's all he does. I swear to God. For I thought Denver, he he's averaging ten points a game now in nineteen minutes. So his per thirty sixes are nineteen five and five with a steal as well on top of it he's insane comes in just makes plays he hit this move yesterday when they were hot i think he had 11 points in eight minutes he he hit this like dribble 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 pull it and just they had to call a timeout it was his 11th point at the time he was hot he was absolutely hot he he they fended him off long enough to not get swept they're gonna get bounced probably next game but I love watching Bones Highland on top of it. I had never uh, even heard of him until then, but worst kept secret in the NBA now. <laughs> I'm going to give a small shout out to one Herb Jones because we talked about him last week as to who the fuck is that guy. Put some respect well, let me, on Herb Jones. Dog, dog. <laughs> Herb Jones checked the shit out of Chris Paul yesterday and didn't get a foul called on him. Herb Saw Jones, that. what's up, dude? I take back everything I said last week about Herbert Jones uh, because legit the Pelicans have a possibility of beating this Suns team. Like well, let's, no joke. Let, let's get into it. I'll do this. This will wrap up our NBA playoffs right here. What's a more crucial injury, Joel Embiid's or Devin Booker's right now? Joel Embiid is currently oh. healthy and he's going to play through it. He's not necessarily healthy, but he's going to play through it. But, dude, the Timberwolves could – or the Pelicans, rather, could bounce the Suns without Devin Booker, it looks like, right now. And I did not think 
that was going to be an issue. Even though Devin Booker was out, I get it. Later in the playoffs could have posed a problem, but against the against the Pelicans. So like, yeah, I mean, it, oh, go ahead, Joe. Oh yeah, I mean, just as long as Embiid's playing, I mean, you could tie one hand around his back, and he's still gonna, you know, he's not gonna put up the MVP numbers, but he'll still be one of the more dominant players on the court as long as he's actually playing. Devin Booker who I think was ruled out for game five as well. Um, I don't know when that, I feel like I just read that. I don't know if that was came out earlier today, but um, he's got a, he's got a a bigger injury than Chris Middleton. I think I had heard he was out three to four weeks. So, I mean, I I thought it was, maybe that was a different guy, but I'm pretty sure. I think that's what I heard as well is that it's going to be, it's going to be a few weeks. Wow, because I remember at first they just ruled him out for like games three and four. So I thought it was like, oh, okay, he might be back for, you know, game six if it got to that point or, you know, back for the second round. But I guess with the game spaced apart this much, you know, maybe he will be back for the second round if they make it there. But um, yeah, I don't, yeah, that they're, they're that's going to be tough to to get through without him. So like the Pelicans, here's the thing, here's the thing. The Raptors currently are up. Uh, up pretty big on the 76ers right now with uh, eight minutes to play. Um, they they had no chance of beating uh, the 76ers with a he- healthy Embiid and Harden playing, right? The Pelicans still had a chance even with Devin Booker there because their their size and athleticism is pretty much unmatched on the uh on the sun side of things don't get me wrong the suns have a deeper team and uh like overall they have better players sure but i mean the way that brandon ingram has just showed the biggest of middle fingers to the lakers and the you know everyone that you know was like oh thank god he's gone for anthony davis bro anthony davis is the bum between those two, at least after this trade is concerned. Uh, And now with Devin Booker out, this is just prime pickings for this Pelicans team and that creepy King baby to have a celebration of massive proportions. It'll be interesting to see bucks and six bucks and six, not in this (laughs) series, but in every other series. Let's get into this mock draft. It's going to take a lot of time. I would like to get it done uh, as quick as possible just because I don't want the episode to be fucking long. But we're going to do this mock draft. We did one last year. This is the same, the same podcast that predicted Alex Leatherwood 18th overall to the Las Vegas Raiders. Okay, so take it for what it's worth. We do hit. We do hit, okay? And not just on the first pick, on a couple of good picks. We (laughs) might not even get the first pick right because there's been some buzz on who could go there now. And I am going to have the first pick in this. Um, We just went by number of appearances, except we let Dave go third (laughs) instead. Um, Dave's going to pick, or Joe's going to pick second. Dave's going to pick third. Um, I actually have a really good way to track this. So don't even worry, Dave. I'm going to be in charge of it today. Fuck that. I'm, where... do- I'm doing it. I... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm going to do it because I have a way better idea. I'm going to do it all like this. I'm going to do it online. I have it set up perfectly. 
Let's go. First pick on the clock. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. There's been plenty of guys over the years, or over the years, over the year of who could have been number one. There was one guy who reigned there long enough that I'm going to keep him there because I'm trying to get the first pick of the draft right. I'm going to take Aiden Hutchinson, okay? He's been the guy. I don't think he's necessarily the the best edge rusher in the class. I will get to who I think that is later. But he's a beast, man. He's drawing Bosa comparisons to both brothers. There's, you know, he's out of Michigan. He was a freak. I'm pretty sure he won like the defensive player of the year kind of thing in the uh, college football world. I don't know if he's losing hype right now, but I think the Jaguars take Aiden Hutchinson if they're drafting number one overall. That's what I'm going to go with. I, I, it's pretty yeah. much the safest bet around. I know that uh, Trayvon Walker is getting some love uh, for from a few people out there, but I just don't know why you would try to take the higher upside guy with the surefire thing, which is 100% Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, that's, I mean, with that's everything what you had they've to dealt with, with. Yeah, I mean, everything they've dealt with the past year, like with, with Urban Meyer and just the – with an unstable environment, like obviously – there's some franchises that really know how to develop players and can't afford to take that high upside, even if it's a little bit of a lower floor, because chances are that player is going to meet that upside. Uh, obviously, it's a new staff in Jacksonville, but you you know, for a team like that, they got to take the the safest bet and just the high floor, pretty high ceiling, I think, just based on everything that I've heard, but maybe not as high as some of the other defensive uh, linemen in the class or edge rushers in the class, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think if if you're Jacksonville, then I think that's got to be got to be the pick. It's the surefire one, like you said. Get the low floor guy, high ceiling, number one overall, Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan. Joe, you're on the clock. All right, and so just to clarify, this is this uh, so we're predicting we're not like doing what we think would be the best uh, choice for them or. Predicting. I think you would probably rather want to predict, but if you love a guy and you think there's a possibility, why not? Fuck it, throw it out there. All right. Well, either way, I think, uh, yeah, this is really tough. Um, yeah, I think then if if Hutchison goes uh, first, and I think they're going to take Detroit will take Trayvon Walker second. Edge out of Georgia. I mean, it seems like, like they're the, yeah, they're the two that are being talked about. I think uh, they can't go wrong with either one of them. I think uh, I, that's probably going to be the play. I feel like uh, I, I feel like. Hutchinson would be great fit in Detroit just because, you know, Michigan guy. I feel like Dan Campbell would like that type of player. And uh, if you're Detroit, you got several other early picks in the draft. You might as well take a swing at, at a guy that's being raved about as much, if not more, than, than Hutchinson. I, I don't think Hutchinson has a chance to even fall past number two. If, if he doesn't go number oh, one, yeah. Detroit will take him second overall because of that whole Michigan mission yeah. connection. And he's a great fit for the scheme. They need an edge rusher as well. I um I, I think Trayvon Walker, though, they're 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 hyping this guy up. The people like him a lot. And he was yeah, a he has climbed. He's climbed these stocks so freaking fast. And that's the one thing that's got me worried. I don't know if uh you know the the uh, Jaguars feel the same way. Because when dudes climb this fast, it 
I, like generally doesn't end well, at least not for round one guys, maybe later on, you know, round two, threes and four. It's a different story, but man, dude, Trayvon Walker wasn't, he wasn't really anything for much of the year. Right. Uh, maybe like a late first round pick. Well, George's defense was just so elite charged by their entire front seven that was stacked up. And you'll see a couple other names leave the board as well in this first round from that defense. Uh, but Trayvon Walker definitely was the head of it um, with help from another guy later on in this draft too. But he, he he's the athletic freak. He tested crazy at, I want to say the pro days or whatever it was. All his scores are in the 90th percentile for all that shit. He, he was one of the most athletic edge rushers they have ever tested. And that's got people excited. Uh, I just want to say too, that NFL network or NFL.com had the Lions drafting Kenny Pickett second overall, which I find absolutely hilarious. That's just so, so bad. It wasn't even Bleacher Report for once. Jesus Christ. We'll get uh, to them later. <laughs> uh, I got the Texans at three and really there's outside of, no, you know what? No, there's nothing that the Texans can do wrong here at this point. They take the best player available in any you know stretch of the imagination because they need help at every fucking position. And since you left a lot of dudes off, I, I mean, I, they got to go play making in some way, shape or form. So I'm going to give them Kayvon Thibodeau here. I mm. think he has so mm. much talent, game changing talent, and it has been moving all around. I mean, I, I think I had to do like a, a couple of mock drafts that had him in like the mid teens. I don't even understand how that's even possible, but the guy is just unstoppable and uh, they need some type of some type of playmaker. And if it's not going to be on the offense, cause you know, the only ones that are that good are on the O line. It's going to have to be on that edge rusher position. I think Kayvon Thibodeau is the dude. I think he is the best player in this draft. Um, I, I love him. I, I think he's been an athletic freak, a mixture of Jadavion Clowney and Khalil Mack when he is playing i mean he's big ups he's he's nuts dude i on top of it he's a junior he's a leaving early guy that's been a big deal in the nfl too if i had the number one pick i would take Kayvon thibano that's who i think has the highest superstar potential in this draft i think when you're talking about elite of the elite if anyone can get there in this draft, that's Kayvon Thibodeau. Well, and that's where the Trayvon Walker talk is going right now, though, that he's got more upside than anyone else on the, in this draft. We'll have to see. I, there's this character concerns with Kayvon Thibodeau. I don't really get him. I think he's Micah Parsons 2.0 situation like that, where he's just going to get, yeah. if he doesn't go high enough, he's going to get swept under the cracks and someone's going to get a steal at, pick 11 or 12 yeah i think uh from i know there was like some stuff with like with this pro day where you know scouts wanted to see him like run a drill or something like that and he's like yeah i'll run this drill and then like he 
he packed up his things. I did a terrible job explaining it, but I know there's just some things that <laughs> scouts saw that they didn't like. And apparently he, like he took plays off and certain that like, that's just all stuff I've read. I haven't really watched Oregon too much this year, but I do know that since high school, he was probably the, he was, I think the top recruit or the top overall prospect coming out of high school has just consistently been an elite presence on the Oregon team. And I feel like with guys like that, even though it doesn't always translate from high school to college to pros, I feel like they've, they're sort of ready for this moment because they've always been in that high regard that, you know, he's just used to it at this point. And, you know, whether there are character concerns, who knows, those are always tough to see how they translate. But I mean, I feel like with a guy like that, his, his inner circle has got to been preparing, has to have been preparing him for NFL life, you know, since high school now. So I'm sure it's, you know, yeah, I, I agree. I think he's, you know, if he goes beyond the top three, that's going to be a huge shock, I think. Jets at number four, they're going to get some help to protect Zach Wilson. There's, they got the, the best tackle available in the draft where we had three edge rushers still go. I think this is best case scenario for the Jets, even unless maybe Thibodeau is able to fall outside the top three. Um. I'm going to give him Evan Neal. I don't think that – I think if the Jets have their choice, they're going to get Evan Neal. I do think there's a strong possibility Evan Neal is not the first tackle taking, taken in the draft. Um, but if he falls to the Jets, I think the Jets would take Evan Neal. He's a freak. I mean, you all saw the pictures at the Combine. 330 pounds. Looks like he's got – one ounce of body fat on him he he's a day one guy and another guy who's coming out as a junior that's going to be very helpful for his draft stock i think i i think that the jets are going to need to protect zach wilson because i do think he has some potential to be a pretty serviceable quarterback in the nfl got to help him out first don't yeah. don't be surprised yeah. if they don't if they go uh defensive line again here too. Um the the Jets just don't have anything on the defense and I don't know if they're exactly sold on Zach Wilson. So that's why they would again break away to DL. Yeah, well, what do we got I think, now uh, up 5 for the Giants. Yes, that'd uh, be Joe. Yeah, so I think uh I would think the Giants are going to take the tackle that you were referring to is the one who, you know, may not be the, or who, who might be the first off the board in reality. And that's uh Iki Ekwanu. I, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but um, yeah, I think the giants, that's gotta be their biggest need. One of the offensive and defensive line. That's just, they've got a lot of work to do there. Andrew Thomas, he looks better this year after uh, a little bit of a shaky rookie season. So if they bring Iki into, you know, bookend him and, add some protection to the outside because they're committing to Daniel Jones, at least for this year. So they need to help him out, especially when he, you know, loses the ball the fumbles as much as he does. And he very well, I think that him going to Houston is a pretty strong possibility. If Houston's yeah, going to sure. take, uh, if Houston's going to go the O-line route, they could do that as well. I, it seems like they're more sold on Iki Aquanu than Evan Neal from all the other, what everyone's, talking about online from all the other shit. I don't know. I just think Evan Neal is a specimen of a human. I Iki Aquanu, though, they 
I one of them's better at the other. Like he's either the run blocker or the pass blocker. So whatever you might value in that way could determine why you go. I've heard a lot of rumors about Charles Cross even at that spot too for the Giants. They like mm-hmm. him a lot. If you if you like that tackle more than the other one. Uh, so the first five picks we have Aiden Hutchinson going number one overall. Trayvon Walker two. Kayvon Thibodeau three. Evan Neal four. Iki Aquanu five. Uh, I've actually seen picks. I've seen Iki Aquanu going number one overall in some. Moments. I have seen that too. Yeah, uh, he could he could make it? I, yeah, again, I don't. I can't buy that. But you know, whatever. Uh, it's the Panthers now at six. I just don't know if he gets this far, dude. I'm taking Malik Willis there. I really do Whoa. think they're going to get a. They're going to uh, jump on Malik Willis if he's there. I I think that Sam Darnold left such a bad taste in their mouth, and they want to get rid of that. And how are you going to hype up not only your players but your fan base as well? And Malik Willis is arguably the best quarterback in this uh, draft, or at least the most NFL ready quarterback. Again, I, I've seen a lot of weird, uh, uh, you know, mock drafts where Kenny Pickett and even dudes like Desmond Ritter are going high. I, I, Malik Willis is the most NFL ready guy. And I think if he's there at six, if someone's not trading up for him, because we'll get to that later as well, I'm sure. Malik Willis is going to go to the Panthers. I um, you think he's the most NFL ready? I I, yeah. hate, I I hate all the quarterbacks in this class. They're, I, I they're not good. No. I, I, and realistically, I, I wouldn't even touch uh, any of these quarterbacks right away. I think there's so many bigger impact players at other positions. But, you know, with the weight of quarterbacks and what they are to a team, they're going to overdraft. We're going to see lots of overdrafts. I, um, I, I think that, oof. Gosh, at number six, there's one spot in this entire draft I would take a quarterback. I already told Dave about that. I'll talk about it at the end if we don't get to it. But Joe, Malik Willis at six, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I I could see that happening. I think, uh, especially if there is buzz, I think that if they happen to pick him at six, that could trigger like teams starting to trade up because they're scrambling. Like, oh, we thought Pickett would fall to you know 15 or 20 or wherever teams might be picking there, and they, they try to trade up into the top 10 to get that. I Don't be afraid. Teams that are going to try to trade back um, just because they're not in love with the quarterback and they're not in need of one. So they'll be like, oh, you want to come get him? Give us some picks. We'll move, move back. I don't know about Willis being the most NFL ready from day one, though. I think in the long term, he probably is the best outlook. Um, but I feel like with, with Kenny Pickett, the fact that, that – um, it to me, it sort of feels like a, the Hutchinson-Walker like conversation where – you know, Pickett seems like right now maybe more ready to step in day one and seems like maybe the safer pick or more conservative pick. But Willis, if he goes to the right spot and is put in the right place, I think he's tools to be the best quarterback in the class by far. But I agree. I'm not, you know, super in love with every single one of them. They're all they're all kind of bad. Um, But like, honestly, I was trying to say, like, don't be surprised if that Giants fifth overall pick is where someone trades up for Malik Willis, mm. Kenny Pickett, any of those quarterbacks. The, I mean, because the Giants have seven. 
you know, they know that the Panthers ain't going to do shit and they'll still get a player of substantial worth whilst uh, also getting, you know, two first round picks this year and next. Well, at seven this year, all I can do is draft the board. Sauce Gardner's there at seven. It's best player available right now. It's not necessarily the biggest yeah. team need, but he's he's a stud, man. Everyone loves him right now. Didn't give up like a touchdown or some shit in college. And, you know, how do you, how well do you take that into account with him playing in the American Conference? I get it. They were in the college football playoff, but still Cincinnati. I mean, he, he seems to check all the boxes for your prototypical corner that you want to draft high in the nfl draft on day one so sauce gardner's still there at seven i don't think the giants would pass that up if he's still there i i don't hate it i mean sauce gardner uh, ahmad gardner is just like a boss he's so good and watching some of his uh his tapes from earlier this year man he's very fun to watch he's physical in your face and really can play at any position in that secondary, uh, wherever you need them. So the versatility of Sauce Gardner is enough to draw people in. I can see going forward to the Jets too. Uh, I, th- I think yeah. he could be a. You could go even higher than than this. Three. He could go three to the Texans. Yeah, he seems yeah, I mean, to be the best corner prospect they've seen in a long time. That's what they're. That's what it seems like the hype is around them. Yeah, yeah. Eight. I, Joe. I know. At Washington, I I don't think he's gonna. He's not gonna go that far. But that'd be <laughs> that'd be a dream. Um. Oh, and then for yeah. So that's the uh, that's the Falcons, right? Atlanta. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, this um, fucking so... sucks to pick for them this year. <laughs> that's <laughs> tragic. I think I think they could go a number of routes, but I think they are going to have their pick of the litter at wide receiver. And personally, I don't subscribe to drafting wide receivers in the first round for a handful of reasons that I can get into at a later day. But uh, for now, if I'm in their shoes and with Calvin Ridley suspended for the season and and not much outside of Kyle Pitts on offense, uh, I don't know who's going to be throwing the ball for them. I don't think they're going to use such a high pick after this run of edge rushers and, and tackles. I think they're in a prime spot to get who they think is the best player left on the board and yeah this could go any way but I, I'm gonna just, just go with Garrett Wilson um I think I think it from you know it could be well I don't want to name names in case you guys are looking at other other receivers uh pretty soon but um yeah I, I think Wilson just what he brings to the table from most of the things I've seen he's one of the highest rated uh receivers and it, just a guy they could use and they're gonna have their pick so might as well take one I mean, he's probably the best. He, he's number one wide receiver on some boards. Um, there's yeah, probably not handful. consensus. I know there's a yeah. Lot of, yeah, ton of other guys in consideration. but It's a very yeah. deep wide receiver class, but it's supposed to be very talented again. And look at what the last two have done. Wide receiver's the new position, man. I mean, you see the quarterbacks that come out, and it's all sex and twisted steel and sex appeal, whatever. But now... It's wide receiver. Kids grow up wanting to play wide receivers, put the best athletes at wide receiver. So that's how yeah. we've seen this influx of talent come in at the position. No shortage of it this year. Garrett Wilson goes first. 
from the receiver pool. Eighth overall, Dave, you got any comments or do you want to make your Seahawks pick right away? Uh, no, I mean, Garrett Wilson's the big dude uh, as far as like the wide receivers. He's kind of broken away from the pack, you know, because there's what that that select five of like these are the best guys. These are the, the top five wide receivers. And Garrett Wilson has, like I said, kind of uh, solidified himself as the number one wide receiver in this class. Uh, I think that's pretty safe. Now, going on to the Seahawks. This is realistically where I could say Kenny Pickett because they're stupid. Um, mm. But I, I don't I don't think so. I, I think they're going to go with the second best cornerback, and that's Derek Stingley Jr. Okay. Uh, it feels like such a Seahawk, a Seattle pick, and not to mention – from what I remember, didn't Stingley have like a monster pro day where he just got all types of buzz and realistically why yeah, he's getting this type of love at this position or uh, at this spot in the draft. They, again, this is a team that needs everything uh, outside of maybe wide receiver in which, you know, even then it's not all that great. I mean, they're, they're pretty damn good at wide receiver, but I mean, there, there's plenty of names that if they if it fell this far, you know, Seahawks would probably take them. But uh, Derek Stingley Jr. is going to be the guy for me. He was a guy that when he was a freshman, he was the best corner in the Nash in the NCAA, and then he mm -hmm. realized, okay, I'm going to get drafted, so I don't have to really <laughs> do shit anymore like that's And people were like, oh, these character concerns, yada, yada, yada. And now they're like, no, he's just really good. And he knew that he had to just wait for Man, two more years to play. So like things that don't matter. Number one, uh, or things that don't matter when drafting dudes. Number one is Wonderlick. Number two is character concerns. Because like the number of guys that have said they have character concerns uh, and have I mean, shown them to be wrong. Ryan Fitzpatrick got like a 50 on the wonder lick i think that's turned out all right so <laughs> let's just we won't those that's an exception to correlation not causation maybe correlation yeah, doesn't ray lewis have a low wonder lick uh so does vince young that's true <laughs> number 10 the jets now if they knew the board was gonna fall like this this would be a better spot to maybe take a tackle if they can get one of those top three tackles at that 10 spot, but they already took one at four because they didn't know that it was going to fall like this. They're going to get some help for their defense. They're going to take Jermaine Johnson 10th overall the uh, edge rusher and out of Florida state, former last chance you guy. If anyone watches those from their first season in Indy killed the senior bowl, killed it, had the best senior bowl performance of anyone there. People really like that. That's the best talent that's coming to the NFL the next year. I think he flies high up boards. Another guy that was probably a late day one, early day two guy a couple months ago and has really shot up boards along with Trayvon Walker. So I think Jermaine Johnson gets some buzz. He's going 10th overall to the Jets. They need some edge help. Yeah. 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 I that, like the pick. That's solid. Let's go. No fucking, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm putting, this is like my 
resume clip to GM for teams too here at the end of the day. <laughs> so I can pull this out after making these predictions. Yeah, I can think of as vague as possible. I can think of a plenty of GMs that you could uh easily take their job. Trent Balky, hold on to your job, son. <laughs> well, we're going into our next team. It's like that we planned this for Joe. Um you could probably take their spot uh, in the GM boardroom, but it's the commanders for Joe at 11. God, yeah. commanders. Um, formerly known as the Washington football team. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm afraid, I'm afraid that they're going to take a wide receiver here, which I guess wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but just personally speaking, I'm not, a maybe, maybe late in the first round, like in the Packers case, I think that, that's, you know, obviously going to be the smart thing to do, depending on who's there. Uh, you could argue the Saints as well for one of their two picks. Um, but right outside the top 10, anywhere near the top 10, I'm personally just don't don't like it. I think there's a history of wide receivers. It's usually such a deep position, maybe not as talented this year as other years towards the top. But I think normally you can get guys in the second or third round that are going to turn out to be just as just good, just as fine. Uh probably kind of handful in the league today of the top receivers that were not taken in the first round, but you know, they might anyway. I think Drake London is like the big name that they were thinking of. I'm not going to do that here because even though it's not my preference, I think if this guy is still on the board by the time they get here, it'll be too good of a chance to pass up. And I'm hoping not assuming that they'll be smart enough to realize this, uh, but it still fills a position of need. Uh, Kyle Hamilton uh, safety from Notre Dame. Dude, I've been seeing Kyle Hamilton's name attached to the commanders at 11 in, I would say, two thirds of my uh, mock drafts that I've seen. The, I'm surprised. I, I think, uh, yeah, I think I think Atlanta could at that spot potentially. Um, and who knows if, you know, what other teams are thinking. How, but How valuable is the safety going to be? You know what I mean? Like, what what is he going to be able to do even when? You know, Cam Chancellor, Tyron Matthew were at their peaks. Like, are they worth a top 10 pick? You know what I mean? They, it's, it's hard. When I think of safeties that really are controlling games, those are the guys. Ed Reed, you know, back in the day, obviously, whatever, but that's a different role. Kyle Hamilton's not fast enough to play like Ed Reed, it looks like. And the 4 7 40, it, it hurt him a lot. He, you know, this is a guy that could have went number three overall very easily a couple, like a month ago, even, but they got some concerns about his athleticism. I think that he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. He plays great. He was a fantastic player at Notre Dame. Uh, this is just a guy that just so happens to be a faller because of all these risers. So Kyle Hamilton got yeah. the shit end of the stick. I think, yeah, I still think, uh, I still think he could, I mean, Washington needs as much secondary help as they can get. I mean, as, you know, people were hyping up the defense last year. I think they'll still have a pretty decent defense. They sort of regressed or progressed to the mean after their really terrible start at the beginning of the season, but still, you know, left room for improvement. And I think uh, even with those concerns, I think just the way he played and all the other traits he brings, I think like size and, and just the skill that he brought uh, to the Notre Dame defense, I think, uh, I think it would be a really valuable pick, and I'm hoping we end up with him. I, I'd rather take him than, you know, pretty much anyone else. Or Stingley as well. If he's still there, I think he'd be a good good pick for them as well. Yeah, good luck with that. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, 12 is another name that I've heard way too much going to the Vikings is, is Trent McDuffie. Trent, Trent McDuffie's name is attached all over, and the Vikings need some cornerback help uh, because the one good cornerback they have is Patrick Peterson. Dude's ancient. Uh, he, I don't know how many more years Patrick Peterson has left, but it can't be more than one or two. So getting Trent McDuffie, who is easily worth uh, a top 12 pick, uh, seems just like the right spot, especially considering that he can work anywhere in the secondary. So uh, this kind of fills in any need that they can get uh, for some secondary help. Yeah, a little bit smaller guy, but scrappy. Everyone likes how he plays in Washington. Uh, they've known they're known for getting some guys out there with some talent at the cornerback position. Uh, I think it's a good pick. I think they absolutely need it. Um, the Texans at thirteen is interesting. Um, I think, oof. I'm gonna go Charles Cross here because if he fell that far. I think that would be a need for them as well. Let's protect Davis Mills if we're going to ride with him for a year. Mine as well. Uh, this is a guy that could go in the top five if you view him as a better offensive tackle than one of the two others. I don't think he's going to be the first guy by any means taken off the board from the tackle position. Could very well be the second. But if he falls all the way to 13, you now have someone helping you protect Daniel Jones. You just came back. You got Kayvon Thibodeau with that third pick. That would be a solid first two picks right there for the Houston Texans. Yeah, I mean, Dave said at the beginning they can't really go wrong with any any guy they take, two picks in the top 13. You know, just best player available. It's going to be going to be a good choice, I think, for them. Yeah, I, uh, I told Tom that I had – Done, uh, looked up five different mock drafts uh, just for today. Uh, you know, a lot more over the course of my, you know, whatever. Uh, this is the first team that doesn't have any uh, player that matches up in the same, like, as, like, this position. There, again, there is nothing wrong they can do here. Nothing wrong outside of drafting a quarterback. And even then, I don't know. I, I mean, realistically, it's Davis Mills. So Houston is a Davis Mills city. That's that's for sure. Da- Davis Mills sounds like a USFL quarterback. Okay, neck can they draft longer than Davis Mills? There's not a single neck they can draft longer than Davis. Uh, as far Mills. as drafting, no, no, no but not one. Oh, uh, Mike Lennon, dude, he's on the rise. That's. First and second team all neck, <laughs> respectfully. So, number 14 uh, to the Ravens, Joe. Oh, sorry. Um, I didn't do our <laughs> uh, Malik Willis went six, Ahmad Gardner seven, Garrett Wilson eight, Derek Stingley nine, Jermaine Johnson 10, Kyle Hamilton's gone 11, Trent McDuffie 12, Charles Cross 13. We're on 14 with Joe Pohorilis. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Ravens uh, really need help with the defensive line so i'm gonna give him a guy that's really really shined in the national championship and then also is just blowing people away at the combine with his 40 time uh jordan davis from from georgia the defensive tackle i think just yeah i think the size he, and speed they just need as yeah. many people as they can to add to the defensive line so 
I think they'd be really happy to get him here. I, I think he could go sooner. He he seems like the most mm-hmm. NFL ready day one guy in the draft. He's just fucking huge, man. Just an absolute massive human. Jealous, in fact. Six foot seven, like three forty and fast. Yeah, I'd do that tomorrow. <laughs> Easy. Uh I just want to say that I have a mock draft that says Kayvon Thibodeau is falling this far. Crazy. No shot. No shot. Crazy. No shot. <laughs> Oh man, I, I'm 15 at the Eagles, and this is again another another team that just has a good amount of needs. Even though they're, uh, they, you know, they were a playoff team last year, and this might this might feel wrong, but since he's there, the Eagles are taking Jamison Williams easily, like that other guy. For the quarterback uh, position, yeah, it's a quarterback. Sorry, wide receiver position uh, between him and Garrett Wilson. Jameson Williams is ready to make some some fucking noise in the NFL. And if the Eagles have that opportunity to draft him, why don't they? Uh, they to have him match up with Devonte Smith uh, next to him or on that same line. That's a pretty solid wide receiving core. And that's again, without, you know, seeing him play, but you know, I, I, a lot of my, a lot of my uh, mocks have Jordan Davis falling here and you know, you took him off. So what the fuck am I supposed to do? I'm not taking Drake <laughs> London over, over Jameson Williams. And uh, the other dude was Trent McDuffie. <laughs> so I, I'm taking Jameson. He, he could be the best guy in the class. He got hurt. Um, so he lost out on the season. Rehab looks to be going well. I think this is a good spot where wide receivers are going to start flying off the board. Um, if green Bay sees this board at 16 and these receivers are still there, you watch out, you watch out. They're looking to make a move, but we're not going to do trades in this draft. Drake London. I'm going to take him with my first pick for the saints. I will have their second pick earlier or later rather. And I think Drake London is the best physical wide receiver in the class. A big guy can go up and get a ball. Uh, Jameis Winston throws a mean deep ball. I think Drake London would really benefit playing with a quarterback like that, where he can just go up and get it. Be a good fit for him. I think not a lot of pressure. They're going to run the ball a lot. Big guy on the outside can block too. So Drake London going over there, 16, to the saints yeah i i think uh that i feel like the saints they uh again i'm i i've made my thoughts clear about wide receivers in the first round but i think they're that's the type of team where there really isn't much else not saying i mean obviously you can improve on but with the talent at receiver and the pick they're going to have there and the fact that they have two in the first round so they can sort of mess around there and and see what's best i think Michael Thomas, who knows what he's going to be like next year if he even plays. And then after that, it's just abysmal. So you might as well, yeah. you know, take a shot with one of those wide receiver, there. quarterback, offensive line, edge, tight end. I mean, for fuck's sake, they need everything. Yeah. Joe, you got the Chargers at 17. Yeah. So I think after adding Khalil Mack this offseason and JC Jackson, I think the defense is looking really nice and, They've got Eckler 
Walker and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. I've seen like uh, I feel like some places I've seen like said that receiver was a position of need for them. Maybe Crazy. I wouldn't say it's as desperate as yeah. I was gonna because Keenan Allen's still there, right? I didn't miss any yeah. You know, move okay. That, I don't know what they were thinking, but anyway. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the other side of the ball still and uh, helping to protect uh, Justin Herbert. Uh, taking Trevor Penning, the tackle from Northern Iowa, to go opposite Rashawn Slater and really solidify that offensive line. Yeah, that's solid. you got to protect Justin Herbert. That dude's an MVP quality quarterback. Uh, and, it, yeah, I've seen that a lot, I think, uh, with the wide receivers deal. And the justification is because Keenan Allen and Mike Williams aren't getting any younger. Well, guess what? that like no player is so shut the fuck up and protect your uh, MVP quarterback. This is such a deep draft for wide receiver. Like Joe has said countless times already. And we're halfway through this draft. <laughs> like, like you have, you don't need to take one of these top guys yet. Uh, get some good offensive line help and protect Justin Herbert for the love of God. I agree. He's the most, he's a mystery guy though. And, uh, FCS guy, he's massive. Seems like he can translate to the NFL. Could be a project. So have to wait on that. 18 Dave Philly. Yeah. Eagles again. It seems like we're doubling down on our positions. It's like, if we have them, we're getting their, their secondary pick. Um, Eagles says I already get, have them with J Jameson Williams. I'm not going to have him take a, another, uh, what's it called? Uh, so they really need some linebacker help. And since he is uh, still available, I think Devin Lloyd is a good pick out of Utah. Having that inside linebacker, I know dudes like Nicobe Dean are still there, but doesn't exactly feel that the need in the same fashion. Devin Lloyd is a good pickup. That dude is uh, has got some great... Some great skills and uh, is arguably the second best uh, linebacker in this class. Uh, prototypical and uh, had a pretty decent 40 time, if I remember, too. So if he's fast and plays on that fast uh, Eagles team, which is pretty much what they're all about, you know, but whether it be on the offense or the defense, that's who they're going to draft. You're muted. I can see it. I can see it, Dave. That I can definitely <laughs> see it. That's what, exactly what I said. My computer's like messed up right here now, so I can't. Oh no, I got it back. We're good. All right. Uh, yeah, good pick, Devin Lloyd goes 18th to Philly out of Utah. Saints here at 19. I um. Oh God, I don't want to do it. I think I might have to though. I don't know what else they would do here. Um, why else are they trading for another pick in the first round? Why? Oh, here they, it comes. They, they love some guy. I don't know. I think that's probably the reason why they're in love with someone. And it's not going to be a quarterback. It's Devontae Wyatt. They're going to take Devontae Wyatt, oh. interior defensive lineman, another guy out of Georgia was next to Jordan Davis, so maybe that could have helped him out a little bit, but seems to be a freak. 
I wanted to take a quarterback here, but I really just don't think it's a good move for the Saints to do it. Um, but I could I, I'm really I'm kind of mad I didn't go with my gut, but I could totally see Kenny Pickett fly off to the Saints because trading for two sec two first round picks now. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean I guess I guess they could. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be too shocked. But I think. I really think they're going to roll with Jameis. And I. They signed Andy Dalton, right? So, I don't know if they. I don't know. Maybe they do like a bear situation where they had, uh, Fields and then Nick Foles, and you know it seemed like they had a, you know, like three quarterbacks that had recent starting experience. Um. So they could do that, I guess. But I feel like, I feel like they're going to try to roll with Winston and then you know wait till next year and see if they need to reevaluate there. But uh. You know, who knows? Maybe they maybe they do, you know, try to package their two picks and move up if they think a quarterback's moving out. And I think one really of them's like gonna it. fall to them. I, I think they're that's, gonna have no, that choice. Too. Yeah, they could. I, I, I think At sixteen I think probably. Yeah, they're gonna be able to choose if they want one. I mean, if Malik Willis, I, I think if anyone goes early, it's Malik Willis. That's what I think. But mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett in the middle round spot. It sure looks tasty. And if Kenny Pickett goes even before that, Desmond Ritter could all of a sudden just start flying up because, again, oh, shit, we're taking quarterbacks. Like, they mm-hmm. – Dude, I, I can see it. Dude, I got – especially where we're going into these, like, uh, back third, Matt Corral is getting a lot of love, too, in this, por- in this fucking draft. And maybe that's because we don't have, you know, Kenny Pickett, uh, you know, you know, some of these mocks don't have Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis there at this point, but fucking Matt Corral, Jesus Christ. Like that's the dude you can easily get him in the second round, but you know, for some reason, you know, teams want to go that far. And if that's what they do, that's what they do. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. This is such a weird draft. I, as we are making these picks, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a good pick. And then I'm looking at this overall draft as a whole, and I'm going, this is not going to happen this way at all. Like, I think we, I think we've, we're batting a thousand right now, to be honest. <laughs> we're, I don't see one pick that's wrong so far. Joe could do it right here, though, with number 20, because I did save uh, the pick for you, pretty much. In my, yeah, opinion. you know, I, I'm, I could see that happen too. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. Or are we? Because if we're predicting, then. But I don't know. It, like, maybe it is too much to risk for Pittsburgh if they bring the bring their hometown guy, guy home. Um, man, <laughs> he just doesn't uh, want to do it. That's the real reason. Hometown guy. I don't want to. But... Back home. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? I don't want to, but I think. Trubisky's a bridge guy. Mason Rudolph, you kind of know what you have with him. I, I you know, I'll, I'll bring, the, I'll name the guy I would have taken instead. Um, whenever he does get picked, because it probably will be in the next few picks. Um, but I'll just, I'll just go with Pickett and, uh, you know, hate we'll, hate life in the process. We'll see if that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's I fair. Think I think there, uh, they're going to take them. They're 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 going to yeah. need to at this point. I'm telling you, as a Packers fan, you don't want Mitch Trubisky as your quarterback. You just don't. Um, to be fair, only quarterback with 50 starts, no pick sixes in his career. That's Mitch Trubisky stat for you. 
Um, yeah, I uh, still uh, no, no. Give, look, I'm going to tell you right now. Matt Nagy is a big reason why Matt, uh, Mitchell Trubisky sucked at bad. I'm not saying he's good. I'm saying he was worse because of fucking Matt Nagy. That's just me. All right, 21 Patriots. They uh, again. I think if this player is here, they they are going to have to draft him, and that's Nakobe Dean. This uh, you know the other Georgia linebacker, uh, defensive guy rather. It this is just too much of a wet dream for Bill Belichick to pass up. You know he's the defensive guy. Seeing Nakobe Dean on that board, and, and you know again, I see some of these mock drafts having Nakobe Dean going at like seven. Fucking nuts. But uh, this is still going to be first and foremost what Bill Belichick wants uh, for his defense. And Nicobe Dean's a good pick for that. Linebackers flying off here. Linebackers are flying off. Nicobe Dean gone. Our last picks, uh, Jordan Davis, 14. Jamison Williams, 15. Drake London, Trevor Penning, Devin Lloyd, Devontae Wyatt. Kenny Pickett, N'Kobe Dean, uh, going on to Green Bay. This the first of two. Are you about to, to make, uh, you about to make Packer Nation like cry, like break them down into tears? I mean, if he's still here at twenty-two, the Packers are taking Chris Olave. Yeah. They are. Um, I'm gonna put it in there. If and he's we're still there, will this? We are going to will this to happen. God damn if it! If he if he is still there at twenty two, I don't think there's any shot he's still there at twenty two. That that seems well, like the fact that there are this many receivers. I mean, how many? He's got to be what the fifth off the board. There are. I don't know if they're going to be one of those five guys is going to be there, right? In twenty two picks, dude. It, or how from, how many receivers were there? But it looks like we've I'm taken telling you four. right now. Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, Drake London, and Chris Olave is the fourth one off. The okay, board. so four. And again, there's a good possibility that does not happen. They're going well, to have to if, trade up. If They're he's gone, to. if he's gone, I would love Traylon Burks here still just as much. I almost like Traylon Burks mm. more than Chris Olave, to be honest. Um, but I I think they would have to take him if he was still there. Big I think Traylon Burks fits our system a lot better as well, too. I got a hot take about whoever the Packers draft, too, after the episode right here. So get ready for that. Uh, the the guy that I'm seeing tied to most, even with Traylon Burks being on the board still, is Christian Watson, not a North Dakota state. I've heard about yeah. him, too, yeah. He's, uh, I, I don't think he would go 22nd with their 28th pick. I think he's a lot more viable of an option. Yeah. But and again, it comes down real to real quick guys. Yeah. Go for it. Oh, sorry. But, um, I just want to know in your, even if you don't think he'll be a realistic option at 22, who would each of you of like, like the top receivers, who would each of you prefer, um, at 22, if it came to the Packers, even if you don't think they might be there, but like of the of these top guys, who would you? If we're gonna be honest, Joe. Be? If we're gonna be honest, I would rather one of these more talented other position players fall to twenty two, like a Devonte Wyatt, maybe, and help us out there, or um, you know, maybe I, I guess like 
I don't know who else could fall that far from the list looking at it. And judging based off all the other positions, I don't really think there's anything else they would take first. Maybe Karloftis. They could use an edge rusher maybe. But I I think my pick would be Devontae Wyatt if he's there. Otherwise, best receiver available. And I, I in my eyes, I think the best receiver available would be Traylon Burks. I think Alave will be gone. But if it's between Alave and Traylon Burks, you almost have to take Chris Alave. Yeah, I mean, it, again, if if we're taken out of the best, you know, fuck, give me uh, Jameson I if, Williams. I like Jameson I Williams more than I like Garrett Wilson. Make it. Uh, but I like Chris Alave. I think uh, I like him better than Drake London, who, you know, some people have, have dropped him that far. Um mm-hmm. Dude, uh, there have been a couple people talking about Kobe Dean there. I wouldn't hate that either. Uh, it's not great, but to kind of partner him up with uh, Campbell, which would be nice. I think realistically, the only thing I don't want, and I, this is a loose don't want, is offensive line. I think uh, there are some uh, O-line talents that can be picked up at that 28 spot that feel a lot better but i know that i've seen people say like trevor penning falls to this spot and you know drafting him there Uh, i i again i think wide receiver is such such an important get right now that they have to capitalize on one of these picks to get a wide receiver they have to have to have to it's the biggest team need it is Who's up next? What do we got here? Cardinals That's Joe. 23. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll just be quick with this one. Uh, George Karloftis. Karloftis. Uh, I think they could use help on the defensive line. And uh, if I, who knows if J.J. Watt's going to hold up. It seems like he gets hurt pretty much every year. And uh, I think they'd, you know, pretty good spot to take him if, if he's still there. Shout out Woodland Conference. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, now it is Cowboys turn at 24 for me. Uh, at this point, they're, they're going to get some O-line help. And the dude that's been climbing up is, is Zion Johnson out of, uh, I, you went there, right? Boston college. Yeah. Oh, I, I hope you're kidding. <laughs> I, yes, I am. Yes, I, we were talking about this before. How we were going to fuck with you on that. Uh, it just was too easy. <laughs> too easy of a setup. But for real. They're Zion not Johnson. even in Boston. They're not even I in Boston. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> he most definitely said that you, that, uh, you were going to say And they're that. not a college either. They're a university. So they're just <laughs> fraudulent across the board. Yeah, it's no. Yeah. <laughs> Exact. Uh, I like Johnson exactly. though. I think. I think. Uh, I think he's gonna wind <laughs> up. Whoever winds up with him, I think it's he'll be a pretty good. Uh, yeah. Addition to the inside, and, interior line. And they've lost a lot of that big uh, O line that you know was the best in the league over the past couple of years. You know uh, whether it be someone like Travis Frederick, uh, you know, or the likes of them. So getting Zion Jackson Johnson to kind of build it back up and protect Dak Prescott to make sure that they don't ever have another season like they did uh, was it two years ago? Twenty five yeah. to the Bills is that me? Yes. All right, I think the Bills could use some secondary help. I think Andrew Booth Jr. right here, twenty fifth overall. 
uh, Clemson corner, flying up a little bit, has first round potential, doesn't have a lot of buzz. Um, mm, you know, there, I, there there could be a chance for a safety off the board here. I've heard some rumors there, but I think if you get a guy with that can help out Trey White on the other side, Andrew Booth Jr. Best secondary guy available in my eyes still here. And the draft's getting kind of thin with these first-round picks for some of the teams. But a lot of good players that are going to be drafted on day two still. You know, they wanted Eric Stokes last year. That was a big deal. So they're going to get their cornerback. And whether it be Andrew Booth, whether it be Kair Alam, or, uh, you know, someone like, uh, what, Kyler Gordon still out there too at this point, they're going to get a cornerback that that's not a hot take. I'm, this is like a guarantee. I'm telling you, they're going to get a quarterback at 25. Mm. Sounds like you like the pick. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Tennessee Titans, 26th. Oh, is that me now again? Uh, yeah. Be you. Yes. All right. Um, hmm. All right. I'm looking. All right, do I don't know. Do? Yeah, I don't know if they. There's one guy that I think will probably be gone by someone, or someone will take him. I don't. I don't think I'm going to take him here. I don't think the Titans need him unless they really. Well, want with to go. Ryan Tannehill moving to wide receiver this year again, you know, this could <laughs> shake things up. Um, you know, I'm gonna just go ahead because it's. I feel like this wouldn't be a bad choice for them. Uh, I'm gonna take Traylon Burks here for them to sort of shore up that that receiving core next to AJ Brown and Robert Woods. Very nice. Very I nice. like that. Yeah. Uh I've I've seen a couple of people say and even drafting high like Sky Moore here. Like no. Um it, this is this is a team that needs offense so badly. And granted it should start at the quarterback position and they have Ryan fucking Tannehill. But you know here we are. Uh, Bucks turn, and if they're not going offensive line, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. So it's going to be Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M, the guard. They need that interior uh, offensive line, and uh, Kenyon Green is is like made for this spot in the draft, right? Like between twenty five and uh, thirty two. This is just like such a Kenyon Green spot. I don't know how I can even quantify that but uh i i just feel that if he is there they're going to draft him out of texas a&m i'm back up with the packers second pick and Don't ooh, fuck it up desmond ritter just sitting right there <laughs> could really see it maybe 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 they'll trade up for him i don't know um would it be crazy? Would it be crazy if they did it? Would it be crazy? I, I there's two names I like here, and two they're two very different routes. One guy's coming into play, and one game's not. Um, fuck it. Like I'm gonna give him David Ojobu right here. Edge rusher out of Michigan was gonna be a top fifteen pick if he didn't tear his Achilles at his pro day. It's a draft and stash year. You don't really know what you're going to get out of them. I don't think that there's really many other positions of need that are 
dying for the Packers to attend to unless they were going to draft two wide receivers in the first round because it's a possibility. I don't think it's necessary by any means, but I could also see that as a valuable option. My other, I had a receiver in mind. If I didn't pick a Jabu, I'm going to take him. Uh, yeah, it's not bad. Nice. I could also see Tyler Linderbaum there, uh, you know, to kind of get that center help because Lucas Patrick was ass. Yeah, but Josh Myers, you know, we're going to get Elton Jenkins back. John Runyon held his own. Like, I, I like Linderbaum there. I do. I just don't see where he fits in. You can unless, never have enough line help. Unless, like, Elton Jenkins moves to right tackle next year. Elgin, take, Elgin Jenkins can go anywhere. That's what I mean. Like, he could. Could very well see it. 29, the Chiefs. We're wrapping this thing up pretty close here. Joe, that's you. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's been taken yet. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Kair Elon from Florida. I think. You know, they need help with the secondary, and uh, I don't know. They, I feel like with 29-30, they might take a receiver with one of these as well, um, but I've drafted enough receivers for my liking, personally. But um, <laughs> So I'll let whoever's, whoever's next well, take fuck. it or not, but yeah. I was hoping you'd go somewhere else, because I thought I, Daxton Hill has been attached to that to oh, the Chiefs at 30 yeah. okay. forever. Yeah, um, maybe. But now if, if they got a... Uh, you know, the guy, Kair there, like, fuck me. Uh, oh, by the way, I have not one, but two other mock drafts that says Jameson Williams is falling to the 29th pick. Just fucking nuts. Uh, at 20, uh, at 30 for the Chiefs, because they get back to back. It's Watch them trade out. Just watch them. Uh, it's going to be Jahan Dotson uh, out of Penn State. That's going to be that big name dude uh, for that for uh, what's his nuts to throw to Mahomes. And they need some wide receivers, even with getting uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, Valdez Gantling. Having another name right there uh, and as many names as you possibly can uh, with hyphenate, uh, hyphens in there. So, unfortunately, can't do that with Jahan Dotson, but maybe for Lucky, he'll add on. Could get married still. Could get married, maybe. Something like that. <laughs> Number 31 to the Bengals. I'm going to take Daxton Hill. That's uh, I think he is an athletic guy that they would fit right in with the secondary needs that the Bengals have. I don't they could go maybe Kyler Gordon or something here. I'm just naming some names now because we only got one pick left. Um, I don't think Linderbaum goes there. Uh, I I just I'll take Daxon Hill. Could be Lewis Seen too. Whoever you think is the better safety of the two, I I think that's the pick for the Bengals. Take us home, Joe. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And Linderbaum, I'm not going to take him here, but I thought, I think he's probably going to go at some point in the, in the first round, but none of, yeah, I don't know. That, that was the guy I was trying to think of a spot to put him, but with my teams, there really wasn't too much need. It doesn't fit but, well um, anywhere for some reason. I think Tampa and Linderbaum would just be an unfair advantage to be, be honest, but yeah. well, watch it with the Iowa connection he's got with, uh, worse as well too 
could, I, could be I, interesting. Another weird one. I'm telling you, watch out for Trey McBride in these past in these like bottom positions. I think for some reason, some team's going to want to draft him there. And Trey, Trey McBride is like far and away the best tight end. And dude's got some skill. So I, I think if someone doesn't trade back uh, in for him or whatever, he's going to get drafted. Yeah. 32 then, uh, to the yeah. Lions. Well, I think uh, they've got 32 and 34, so it'll be interesting to see how they, you know, want to negotiate those two picks, if they're going to package or, you know, trade either of them or work around with some of them, maybe trade earlier into the first round with those two. But keeping it as is, I think, you know, in the first round, I think they took Walker, but I think uh, I'm going to keep them on the defensive side and because they need someone with great tackling ability, great reaction, great twitch, great, you know, speed and all those, all those assets. And I think the obvious choice for them at 32 is the security guard from the Minnesota Timberwolves game that stopped the protester the other night uh, <laughs> when they went to try to rush the floor. <laughs> Did you, you guys saw that video, right? You saw yes. how quick. Oh yeah, yeah. He knew. He knew she was gonna run out there too, and he was Watched watching. Film. Great scouting of the defense. Just I, I like. I, I like the whole package. He said, "Like he's got great twitch." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was so quick. She, he was right, right on it. Um, but actually, I will do a. a I will put Desmond Ritter uh, thirty-two just to get a quarterback uh, behind Goff and uh, get that. Fifth year option as well uh, at the top of the first round, and then they'll have their pick at whoever for thirty four uh, if they wanted someone else around there instead of a quarterback. Out of my five, two Matt Corrals, uh, Corrals there, and one Sam Howell there for Fosse. Wow. <laughs> I uh, I love a quarterback at that number thirty two spot. I love it. I I think it's perfect to draft a quarterback in this draft at number 32 and the lions who have the second pick so they can go and draft whoever the hell they want with that pick on top of it. The first, the 32nd pick quarterback would be insane. I think that would be so cool to maybe watch Kenny Pickett fall there. If he's not getting the buzz that maybe everyone thinks, let's say the Steelers trade up and then no one else wants to take a quarterback no chance, dude. Maybe, maybe. I'm just saying, if the Steelers take Malik Willis, they love him. He could be throwing everyone off. Smoke screen. You never know. That's going to be our draft right there. Recap it real fast. So you didn't do like the last seven or eight or ten. Number one pick, Aiden Hutchinson. Number two pick, Trayvon Walker. Number three, Kevin Thibodeau. Number four, Evan Neal. Number five, Ikea Kwanu. Number six is Malik Willis. Ahmad Garner goes seven to the Giants. Number eight, Garrett Wilson. Derek Stingley Jr. goes nine right now to the Seahawks. Number 10, Jermaine Johnson. Kyle Hamilton, 11 to the Washington Commanders. Minnesota Vikings, Trent McDuffie. Charles Cross, 13th to the Houston Texans. Jordan Davis, Baltimore Ravens. Philadelphia Eagles take Jamison Williams at 15. We're at 16 now here. Drake London, Trevor <laughs> Penning, Devin Lloyd goes to the Saints, Chargers, Eagles, respectfully. Devontae Wyatt, Kenny Pickett, hometown kid, goes back to Pittsburgh. Devontae Wyatt went to New Orleans. Saints didn't say that. Nicobe Dean is Bill Belichick's wet dream, as Dave says, at 21 at New England Patriots. The Packers take a wide receiver, finally. Chris Olave goes 22. George Karloftis, a lot of owls in that last name. Arizona, number 23. Zion Johnson, 24 to the Cowboys. Andrew Booth Jr., 25th to the Bills. Traylon Burks, Kenyon Green go to the Titans and Bucks, respectfully. David Ojabu, Ojabo, I don't know how to say it, but 
He's the Packers' second pick in this draft class. Chiefs, they got back-to-back picks. They take Kair Elam, Daxton Hill. Oh, no, sorry, Jahan Dotson. Number 31 is Daxton Hill to the Bengals. And Desmond Ritter rounds out the first round. Oh, man, that cardio slowed you down at the end there. I I felt like I was at an auction. It was it was going. I was going. I was going for that. Let's start wrapping this shit up. That's our mock draft. Tell us how terrible it was. Tell us how great it is. Should we get into hot takes first? Hot take. I'll just do it right now. Whoever Green Bay drafts, the wide receiver they draft, they're going to have the second most receiving yards on the team behind Sammy Watkins. Ooh. Yep. Wow, that is a hot fucking take. That's what I'm going to say. Sammy Watkins, our number one guy next year. The one-year deal works out great. That is Your alternative is that this rookie is going to carry this team? I don't think so. I don't think so, boss. Randall Cobb's going to do it? No shot. Bob Tanyan? Maybe in the red zone he does it. Darren Waller? That's a different story. We've heard (laughs) these rumors. But I don't they're think they're true. Insane, by the way. I don't yeah, think they're true. Insane. And then my other one is two hot takes. Yeah. Who the sorry. Fuck are you? Uh, this one is about the Brewers, and I just wanted to say I think Ryan Braun's career is going to turn out better than Christian Yelich's. Uh, yeah, dude. We we you sent me that last night. I knew exactly where you're going with that, and I 100% agree at this point. I don't know if Christian Yelich finds that MVP form again. I know that's sad to say, but. And by the way, even though he does not find that form, the Brewers were 100% right to give him the contract that he has. Oh, for sure. For sure. Ryan Braun's almost a career 900 OPS. 891. Like, that's... I didn't realize he was that nasty. I mean, I get it. He was great in the beginning part of his career, and then, like, he had to stop taking steroids, and he sucked. But... No, he didn't. Uh, he, he started getting injured. That's a different story. Because <laughs> he couldn't take steroids anymore. So, yes. like, let's just pretend like we know what it's about. And uh, Christian Yelich's peak is going to be better than Ryan Braun's because those two seasons were nuts for Christian Yelich when you look at him. Uh, 80 homers, 207 RBIs, 52 stolen bases in those two years. Only got caught stealing six times, by the way. 327 batting average, 415. On base, we OPS, get it. It was good. Stop it. You don't need to. You don't need to emphasize the fact that our but Ryan player, Braun's going to be better. Star player, and I don't like to say that our star players is going to suck. I'm just saying he's not going to be better than Ryan Braun. He's still a productive player. He's just not the suck. stud you think. Uh, here is my take, and I tried to look at anywhere on the internet for this. And I could not find an exact number, which I find crazy. This year's draft is going to have more trades than any other year in NFL history. I think that what I said before, looking at where we drafted and you know who we drafted for, I feel pretty good about it. But as a as a whole, it's just not going to fall this way. We are it, going to are get. We, are we counting the trades that already happened in this draft, or on draft day? There's going to be that many trades on draft day. Mm. 
I'm saying on draft day. I think it's going to be absolutely nuts. It's going to be the fucking okay corral out there. Maybe. Maybe. You never know. The I love the draft. It's like my favorite day of the year uh, in football because you get to see all of it. I have a little snippet of a video I took. Uh, the draft was actually three years ago today, uh, and I recorded us drafting Rashawn Gary. Uh, I was way ahead of that one. Knew he was going to be good. Just a spoiler alert for that. Uh, Joe, you got any hot takes? Yeah, I. This kind of goes maybe against like the trade the trade take because I. I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like a lot of teams would be interested in trading back, and then depending on what happens, you know, maybe one or two teams trades up. So this could definitely backfire on me. But just looking at the looking at the list of teams currently in the top fifteen, I'm just gonna again, we'll see what happens. But I'm gonna say that no quarterback goes in the top fifteen this year's draft. Ooh, that's I like that hot take a lot. I which do. like, because like you know, I, there's obviously talk about this quarterback class not being great, but then there's always teams that you know will trade up or maybe reach a little bit higher, but. I think with the fact that all the edge rushers or, you know, a handful of edge rushers, a couple of offensive tackles, seems like they're going to be going in the top, you know, five, top seven. I think, you know, the teams like Carolina at six, they're going to be in prime position to take, you know, the best non-edge, non-tackle prospect or one of the one of those prospects because there's still going to be great options there as well. And uh, Atlanta, maybe, but I could still – I feel like those teams high enough in the, the top ten. And – uh yeah, I think Seattle would probably be the earliest um, that's going to happen, but I think uh, I still think that there are going to be a handful of prospects that these teams aren't going to want to pass up for a project quarterback like Willis or Pickett, who may not have as much upside as some of the other quarterbacks in the class. And I think it's going to take until at least the 16th pick until we see a quarterback go. That could totally backfire, but that's that's what I'm going to ro- roll with. Uh, Again, this is draft day. Anything could happen. I and like there's been talks about Evan Neal falling far down these draft boards because he flunked his medical. You know, he you know failing the physical is a huge problem. Yeah. You know, and if he falls super fucking far, dear Jesus, how far can he go? Um, you know, and another dude that had some decent names was uh, Bernard Raymond, and that guy is like out of the first round altogether. Uh. Who knows what's going to happen? This is going to be one of the weirdest and wildest drafts I think I have ever witnessed. We shall see. We'll know. We'll have reactions next week. Let's get into quick hits. I'll lead us off because I always do. Seattle Kraken. I'm a hockey fan this year. The Seattle Marshawn Lynches. They're trash. Macklemore owns the team. Um... Least amount of goals in the Pacific Division with uh, two games left. Fuck it. We're going to reset. We're going to win the lottery. We're going to draft some guy that's going to go play college hockey for like two years. And then we're going to, you know, or some Russian guy. I don't know. We'll be all right. We'll be all right. (laughs) Um, Mason Appleton only had a negative four goal differential this year. That was like one of the better ones on the team. So (laughs) shout out to him. That's my guy. Uh, And then next quick hits going over here. I have Miguel Cabrera, first Venezuelan born player to get 3000 hits. That one was surprising to me. Did not know that. 
but also becomes the seventh player with 500 home runs and 3,000 hits. So first ballot Hall of Famer should be unanimous, was a triple crown winner, just an exclamation point on his career now. But here's where we're coming back to that Bleacher Report take right here. (laughs) Bleacher Report gave out a list of some players with who's next to get to 3,000 hits. Yeah, I saw this. And uh, we're going to wrap through all of these, all the ones that they gave. Robinson Cano. No. He's got the most hits actively, but he's 39 years old, 26-31. He needs 370 hits. I don't think he's going to stay in the league that long. (laughs) And it doesn't matter. He's not going to go to the Hall of Fame. He got popped for steroids, so... Might as well just give up when you're, I mean, play as long as you can then, I guess at that point, if you're Robinson Cano, just make it harder for him. But no, I don't think so. Next one, Joey Votto. If Joey Votto gets to 3000 hits, I will pay for your daughter's college tuition, Dave. All right. He has 38 years old and he's nine, like 965 (laughs) hits away. Okay. Like stop, but he's close. 2,035 hits. Like, that's it. That's all. I mean, like, there's just no way, Bleacher Report. There's no way. Was he going to play till he's 50? Like, there's no shot. Joey Votto gets to 3,000 hits. There's no way. Don't put him on the list. He didn't need to be on the list, okay? Next up. I assume you guys agree with me on no for both of those, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Okay. No chance. No shot. Jose Altuve gets interesting. Almost at 1,800 career hits, only 31 years old. Jose Altuve gets to 3,000 hits? Hmm. How many does he have right now, you said? 1,783, and he's 31. Doable. Very doable. First name that's been interesting on this list, let's just say that. I won't say I won't outright say no to Altuve, but like at this point, it's way too early to to even tell. Like injuries will happen. Okay, what about Freddie Freeman, seventeen twenty two at thirty two years old? No. Mm. Altuve's got a better shot. Interesting. Mike Trout, fourteen thirty one, thirty years old. I would say probably no. Mm. Which is crazy when you think of, you know, like just all the, like the fact that like 3000 hits is like a, like such a high barometer. I mean, obviously it's, you know, not as common as what, what is it? 33, as as 34 things. guys on that list. I mean, it's almost becoming benchmark to get to the hall of fame on top of it. You know what I mean? If you don't have 3000 hits, like you better have 500 homers or right, yeah, you yeah. know yeah. what I mean? But Mike Trout, I mean, he's going to break that because there's no way he can't be let in the hall of fame. There's just no shot. And you know what? Maybe he has a chance to get to 500 homers and I'm not looking at that, but, um, war is going to change that whole thing. So don't even worry. Mike Trout's going to be there. Now, Juan Soto is 23 years old and he already has 500 career hits. All right. You know what I mean? Like that's now it's like, holy shit. Is he going to be the all-time hit leader like that? That's what it sounds like when you talk about it like that. But 
I think that of the names we've listed, seems like the most plausible at this point. I have more faith in Juan Soto getting there than I do Mike Trout. I think age plays yeah. a role in that. I, yeah, he's just got more runway. Like, it, it, there's just so much that can happen between now and then. And Trout's not even halfway there, and he's he's already thirty, and he's gotten, you know, thirty one, thirty, and he's got had injury issues for last couple of years or so. Um, so who knows how durable he'll stay? But yeah, I don't know. I I think uh, too early to tell. But if Soto keeps hitting like he is, then then why not? Vlad Jr. They put on this list. Oh at my God! Stop. Only. <laughs> And then my personal favorite of Wander Franco with 103 career <laughs> hits was their number eight guy where they were like, wait, let's throw Joey Votto at two. Okay. Like that's gotta be our second. Hear me guy. out. Hear like, me out. Like I'm going to take you into a bleacher report content meeting right here. Okay. It was, who can we put on this list that will piss off the most number of people to just spit in the face of everyone who's ever gotten 3000 hits <laughs> to just say, yeah, this guy can do it. Like no, no, what number <laughs> number 15 on the list is like Vlad Guerrero. The third, like just proactively, <laughs> like we think he'll, he'll have a great shot. If he, if what there is the one. fuck? <laughs> how are you going to say this? Like, okay, cool. I was just telling Dave, this Wander Franco contract, he has 103 career hits. They gave him $182 million. Boom, just like that. Which, maybe by the end of it, turns out to be the best contract in baseball if you're only paying that guy $16.5 million a year. But slow the fuck down. Slow. The, what is going on here? All right? I should have stopped looking at Joey Votto and then Wander <laughs> Franco really just sent me over. <laughs> Uh, I got two more quick ones. Angel Hernandez, you suck, but thank you for the win. Yep. Uh, 77% on like balls outside of the zone being called a strike or a ball or something like that. Yeah. Like just terrible. Yeah. Like terrible. Yeah. Schwarber had every reason to get pissed off. Holy Both fuck. Sides. Both sides. He was awful. Uh, this quick hit here just says Tom Brady restructures contract. We're fucked. Um, <laughs> Baker Mayfield just got a statue at the University of Oklahoma. Uh, name your most meaningless athlete to get a statue that you would want. Go. Oh shit. Well, uh, fuck. Give me Jason Kendall. <laughs> just, it's just, it's just a guy with no batting gloves waving. That's all Jason Kendall was. <laughs> oh man, um, John Wall. No. <laughs> <laughs> Davis Bertans. Here's the thing. Like, here's the thing. Baker, he won a high, like he won the Heisman, and they like. I'm trying to think. You no, know, like, make that the statue of, of like... him grabbing his nuts. Like, just make that the statue. Yeah. Like, that would have been an all-time statue for Baker Mayfield. Don't make it this guy who's this humanitarian philanthropist. Like, I want him grabbing his crotch while he's holding the statue up. It, just remember, Martin Gortat got uh, his own shoes, so he could easily get a statue. Oof. I'll go with... Uh... Mm. 
I'll go with Alfonso Soriano for the Nationals. Like like the Nationals oh. giving Alfonso Soriano ah. a statue. Holy fuck, you played for the Nationals? That's where he came up. One year. Oh, my God. <laughs> In fact, and it was a great season. He had 46 home runs, 41 stolen bases. I forgot, like, where that was in, like, the 40-40 list. But he had a he had a really good year. And then he, uh, then he went to the Cubs. Wow. Just randomly in 2006. I think they won, like, 80 games or something like that. Or not even, like, maybe, you know, 70 games or 65 games or something. But <laughs> As much as I would love the Dan Vogelbach statue that we all know deserve love and need, um, for some reason, like, Dave Bush or Jeff Supon, like, pop into my head of, like, which brewers should get a statue randomly. Like, or Jeff Jenkins. Like, just guys that really were just Milwaukee guys only and then sucked everywhere else they went. Hold up, hold up. Jeff Jenkins is a World Series champion. Thank you very much. The, not because of what he did in the World Series. I don't care. He won once. Chase yeah, Utley and Ryan Howard kind of How about, how about this one? Here, here, hear me out on this one on how much do you not care? I want a Jordan okay. Love statue in Green Bay, actually. Hold well, on. Fuck, like. are you going to interrupt me? How much do you not care about this? And also percentage that it's likely to happen. A Shad Khan statue being built in Jacksonville. It's just like a, it's like a garden gnome. It's just like <laughs> <laughs> that, that bitch and mustache and hair. Kind of random to add into this quick take. Did you hear that? He was like apparently under the impression that he was going to be able to move them to London really quickly after buying them. And apparently that's not going to happen. And he's like, I'm going to sell the team. So, yeah, that's <laughs> been a thing. Uh, and then I happy birthday, Tim Duncan. The Jags mascot. Wait, what did you say? I said, oh, go ahead. I said in happy birthday, Tim Duncan. That was my oh, last one. Oh, okay. But, and happy yeah. birthday to his uh, his dreads. Uh, it's also Jason Lee's birthday, if you care, Dave. I knew that. I you forget <laughs> I do birthdays every fucking day for work. I know everyone's birthday. That's uh, my quick hit for the day. All right, my quick hits. First of all, since we got Joe here, I had to bring up the uh, incident last week with the Nationals. And uh, them forgetting to inform the city of D.C. that they were going to do a uh, parachute guy or, uh, yeah, parachutist. And because of that, the there was an unidentified aircraft that led to the Capitol building being evacuated. So uh, way to go, Nationals. You can't even do shit right off the field. Uh, let alone on the field. Uh, and oh, clearly that means some intern is going to get canned because they fucked up. Do you think it's the intern's job to like notify the president that there's going to be a flyover? That would be a pretty fucked intern job. No, but you have to, no you have to notify the city of DC. Like you have to do that regardless of where you're at. It, you just have to let them know because otherwise, like, why is this plane flying so close to these buildings? You know what I mean? I mean, it makes sense. I will why. say, I will say, I don't, from what I read at the time, like it didn't enter like any unrestricted airspace specifically. Like they just noticed it. It like, so it's not like it was, you know, 
swooping right, you know, past the Capitol building and, you know, everyone's freaking out. So it, it, I, I guess, I mean, after, after like January 6th, I'm sure they've got, you know, everything on their toes uh, or, you know, the whole Capitol building on their toes just for, you know, and they're going to play it safe. And honestly, if some of these like 80 year old politicians get, you know, it's probably good for them. They probably need like a little bit of a, like, you know, jolt, you know, like a little, yeah, just yeah. get their blood pumping their, you know, <laughs> barely put their socks on in the morning. Their I don't know. I, I think it's a net positive. I think no one got hurt. It all worked out. I think it's a, I think it's a net positive. And that was talking politics on down the wire. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're about to get into some more politics. Not quite in the same way. Do you happen to know who Al Sabotka uh, is? Oh yeah. I think I know his sister. Well, you know hockey because you love it. That's the former Red Wings Zamboni driver who two months ago right. was fired and has now filed a discrimination lawsuit because the reason why he was fired was because he peed in an ice runoff drain at Little Caesars Arena. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so Sabotka apparently... Uh, what are they? What are they just... <laughs> he has been the Zamboni driver for the Red Wings for the past fifty-one years, dude. He's been pissing in that drain forever, <laughs> man. Oh my god! Uh, supposedly, he has a health condition that re- requires him <laughs> to frequently pee, and uh, could not get He's to old. a restroom quick enough during the February game. So he. Hell no. He urinated, he urinated in the drain runoff at Little Caesars Arena. He's been pissing in that drain for 51 years. There's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> There's no way that was the first time he was like, it's, I can't make it. I'm just going to pee right here. No, he's been It's It started pissing. as a dare like 50 years ago. Yeah. Like, hey, guys, check this out. And then soon it became a necessity. But it's like when a basement has two and a half weeks. Um, until he appears in the commercial, would you say that he's? <laughs> would you say that he's pretty pissed off? I I think that it's think the Tom same got it. feeling. I got it. <laughs> pissed. Yes. I think that you. Uh, it's like the same feeling of when you're like, oh, there's a slop sink in the basement. I'll just run it. Why? <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? And then. He uh, he just got caught. You think he had like dicks out or like just saw yellow going down the stream? You think someone like slipped on ice and like licked it and was like, ugh, like what was, you know what I mean? Like, like he probably did like the one knee pee thing. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> an arm like, against the wall. Like, all, like, oh, God. It, like on the sidelines, uh, like during games. <sighs> and, Jeez, and you know, he's, like grunting, you know, I, old I, people so. pee. They're so loud when they pee. He probably His catheter was... probably dislodged. Like, <laughs> yeah, it could have just been kidney that. kidney stone, maybe. You know, you never yeah. know what the hell's going on. Dude, <laughs> and if you don't do uh, something about a kidney stone, you know you're in trouble. All right, next quick hit. There we go. <laughs> I, I didn't get one about that either. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> super quick hit. Uh, dude, we, we did the draft for, uh, what was it? like cities that need an, uh, uh, a sports team. Well, Dave Roberts or Dave Stewart, sorry, is it put in a $2 million bid along with other uh, people to expand uh, the MLB franchise to Nashville and which would be the Nashville stars. 
Not a fan of the name, but sure, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, there, that was a quick one. Last but not least, this one's my favorite. Uh, and really, I don't even know how good he would be. John Daly. You remember John Daly, the golfer? Oh, this is great. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, his son golfs. John Daly II yep. has officially inked an NIL deal mm-hmm. with fucking Hooters. Let's go! Like, what other pairing of company and athlete do you need than a John Daly, whichever one it is? Because you know his son is doing just all John Daly things. Uh, than Hooters and John Daly. That That's... It's a match made in heaven, it seems like. Perfect. Did, did you happen to see the... the the fucking statement that he made it just is fucking epic it's it's great ready hooters is the ideal place for me to go and unwind after a long day on the course or in the classroom so i'm honored to be chosen as an ambassador for the iconic brand i have seen my father's great relationship with hooters over the years and i'm proud to continue my family Please association with Hooters. Like imagine you turn you turn a horny obsession between wings and breasts into money. Like congratulations Dude. to the Daly family. First of all, on John Daly the second looks across between his dad and the fucking leprechaun from the leprechaun movies. John Daly the second will be played by John C. Riley in a movie as a golfer. (laughs) Like that's from what the the fucking future? What he's like? No, they're gonna make John Daly go back to the University of Arkansas and play him as as the golfer. Just gonna be a bunch of Hooters ads throughout the entire movie. Oh my god! It it, just awesome. Uh, yeah. John uh, John Daly II is uh, at the University of Arkansas, and uh, this is actually Hooters' first official NIL sponsorship deal. So look at that. Congratulations, John Daly. Joe, you got anything you want to talk about real quick that we didn't get to go to? Um, yeah, I guess. I, I didn't really have anything you know prepared, but I just scrolled across now that, uh, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, that the Celtics – as our recording, it swept the net, the nets. Um, Nick Claxton broke Shaq's record for most free throws to start a playoff game. He went zero for ten before make before making his first uh, free throw. So let's go. Nothing going right for Brooklyn. Um, and then yeah, I kind of teased it in the in the mock draft, but the fact that the Timberwolves had another game disrupted by I don't know what's going on in Minnesota and what you know the. Well, this is like their third protester, I think, that has yes. gone onto the court. So, uh, apparently, the Minnesota Timberwolves owner, not Alex Rodriguez, um, a different one, like killed a shit ton of chickens, like owns a chicken farm of some sort. Again, don't take all my words so seriously, mm-hmm. but I heard he like mass murdered like five million chickens seriously that number of chickens like it was it was a it was millions of chickens 
uh like for, some for fun or just like no like they had like a bird flu or something and oh so he was like yep just get rid of all of them and killed them all and uh I don't know. I don't know. Like PETA, not very happy with it. I don't know the whole story. Maybe he had to. I, I don't know. They're chickens. So maybe I'm going to get canceled yeah. for that. But uh, definitely way too many chickens. If it's like 5 million, like that was a lot of chickens to kill. Yeah. I mean, I think next show a woman's going to come in and steal your microphone uh, for those comments that just you just made. But uh, yeah, I don't know. That's just. I, God, we can only hope. Like the first, <laughs> the first time, like it happens. Okay, sure. The second time, you know, okay. But like, it's sort of like a fool me once. Like, the fact that it happens three times, and I guess this goes to the security guard, like being right there when it happened and tackling her, like on the spot. But like, what what does the security team do about that? Like, like what are they? Uh, like, what what's the debrief meeting? Like, oh, what do you look out for in this? Just like. I don't know. I, I don't know how you how you even handle that situation to prevent it from happening again. Got to be better. So apparently the yeah. activist was wearing a shirt that displayed the numbers 5.3 on the back of it, which is to symbolize the millions of chickens that were killed. Oh my god. Yes. By Jeez. uh by That's a lot of fucking chickens, dude. I don't know. <laughs> I, I realize like yeah, they're just chickens in a sense, but holy fuck, that's a lot of chickens. Yeah, I did not. Wow. Glenn uh, Taylor, longtime majority owner of the Timberwolves. There it is right there. All right, we're on the two-hour mark, so I want to wrap this shit up. Uh, yeah. I have to write a paper that's just not going to get done by midnight anymore. So <laughs> whatever, I'll just turn it in like an hour late and they can have it. Hopefully my professor listens to the pod. I know they don't. So just to <laughs> let you know, 349 geography, you can suck it. All right. Uh, if you like this episode, make sure you guys download us. Joe, do you have anything you want to plug real quick? Plug your shit. Nothing? Uh, anything? Uh, Go for it. Whatever. Well, I as of a couple days ago, maybe one or two days ago, I, was, I, I interviewed and got selected as a uh, co-director of WTBU sports for next year. That's the Ooh. Boston university radio hey. station in the sports section. So let's go. Oh, Boston college we'll radio station. Dude. All go right. All Eagles. Right. No, all right. I, I'm sorry. Anyway. That, that, that is your bean <laughs> pot. That is your bean pot. Champion. Okay. All right. You know what? Let's, can we just stop the recording right now? I don't know what I did to deserve this, but sorry, go ahead. Plug it. That was too easy. Yeah. Congratulations on the new job. Yeah, You're going to no, kill so, it over there. Yeah. It's going to be great. And, uh, written and broadcasting stuff. And yeah, so that'll be starting next year. Sick. Well, if you guys like this episode with me, Dave and my buddy, Joe, Make sure you guys download us. You can download us wherever. There's like all these different platforms I'm up on uh, through our RSS feed. There's like Spotify, uh, Apple Music, Pandora, iHeart, uh, maybe SoundCloud. I don't know. Um, there's definitely other ones on there that I was like, no shot. We're going to go on there. But Google Podcasts, we're on that as well. And if you don't want to download us, it's all right. You can check us out online with our partners and like maybe our boss but more of our parents uh the chairshot.com <laughs> dan vogelbach is tom's wet dream
Peace.